and welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week is our follow-up to the tarot episode, which was two episodes ago. We had a little Maybon break. Uh, and this one isn't going to be focused on any specific, not one specific field, I guess. That's not the word I want, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because we're looking at Oracle systems overall. Okay. Some of the systems that we're going to talk about are closed systems, but you should know about them in case you run into them in the wild or, you know, you see someone who shouldn't be practicing them, practicing them, and you might, you know, you might just want to avoid that. And I will notate the ones that are, that I know for sure are closed. Okay. Some of them I'm a little big on, and I, I, I did a little bit of research a little more research than I would have normally done to try to figure it out, but some of them gets a little murky sometimes. And they're probably such ancient practices, so who knows? Exactly. They're passed around, and who knows who was the original source of it. Exactly. Um, not so with the first one we're going to talk about. That one, we do have very good history on that one, and that is the I Ching. It is a closed practice. It is very culturally tied to... China and um, it is a very ancient practice it's usually translated as the book of changes and could that could date back um, up to 10,000 years there's evidence in that that the earliest versions of it where it wasn't quite the I Ching but it was like baby I Ching I don't really like the 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 seed of it mm-hmm. goes back very, very far. It's arguably a foundational te- text for the culture itself, which is part of the reason I say it's a closed practice. It's too tied to the culture mm-hmm. for someone outside of the culture to really get the nuance okay. of the texts, but also of the practice, if that makes sense. Okay, quick question. Yes. So I know the difference between the tarot deck and oracle. Right. As far as the meaning of oracle, because I see you have, I mean, oh, yeah, until yeah. I read your article, I didn't really think of those things as oracles. So what would you call the broad definition of an oracle? For me, and I mean, I don't have a definition like right in front of me right the second. I could look it up. I have my phone right here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. So but for me, categorize these as a thing any, as oracle. Anything that tries to predict the future okay, is, is what I would say. Anything that tries to predict the future. So, you know, watching the patterns of the birds yeah. or watching the patterns of weather. Those yeah. are oracles. Okay. Um, that makes sense. The things we are talking about for this episode are definitely more codified than some of the other practices. Mm-hmm. So, like... I would say watching birds, watching weather patterns, watching your environment are oracles, absolutely, but they're also going to be slightly more personal. You're going to have some different interpretations, mm-hmm. and it's nothing's codified because there's no hard text to go with it, and there's no long-standing tradition to go with it unless yeah. you're taught by your grandmother. So the things we're talking about in this episode are definitely more codified and more structured. Okay. But an oracle in and of itself 
is just anything or any system that tries to predict the future. Yeah, and how you interpret those signs. Mm -hmm. Like what we were just talking about, <laughs> I am um, first was going to try to filter my fairy honey, and I didn't have any fine strainer, and I couldn't like get Target to deliver one. So I'm like, mm, fairies, you can have the flowers. So I put it in, and the way it landed, I'm like, man, this would totally be my version of tea leaves. Exactly. Because exactly. It you could interpret the way the flowers laid in the honey as some kind of meaning. Yes. Perfectly said, actually. So. So obviously that, I mean, I don't know. Someone else might have come up with it, but <laughs> to me it was like, okay, this is a new thing. Right? But, and, and for you, for your system, mm -hmm. right, you're going to base what you see in the honey off of your experience and I'm going to not touch that because it's sticky. Um, <laughs> it is sticky. Mm, but I would pick up something different. So like yeah. you might see, you know, a moon, whereas yeah. I might see a tipped over bowl or something, exactly. you, you know? Yeah, it's all an interpretation. Um, and I do talk about that a little further down, reading leaves and grounds and yeah. Um, yeah, things I, like that. I always like to go squirrel. Okay. The I Ching is a closed system. It is a very ancient practice that started in what is now China and what was then China as well. Um, the I Ching is usually translated as the book of changes and it could date back up to 10,000 years. There is good evidence that at least the seed starters for this system were, have been around that long. It is foundational text for the culture itself uh, there which is again why i say it's a close practice there's mm -hmm. that nuance in living in a completely different culture and understanding sometimes words have slightly different meanings that like the language itself yeah exactly exactly yeah there's going to be idioms and things that we just can't possibly understand okay. yeah um the system itself is a is 64 hexagrams which um, you create by throwing coins or sticks but usually coins and the coins you have a binary system of either up or down or yin or yang or whatever your binary system is and so that they're not like runes where they have designs it's on or off basically kind of yeah kind of so you start when you throw you throw three coins two times I think I don't practice because it's mm -hmm. closed but you get this hexagram which is six lines oh, okay and there's 64 of them that's and those hexagrams each have those 64 hexagrams each have a section a poem mm -hmm. in the book of changes with meanings that are usually divined or they're usually translated there's been like I said, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books written on various interpretations of the subtle meaning hmm. and like i said millennia of commentary texts yeah. on this on this system and literally a good reader of the I Ching will have practiced this for decades before they're considered a master okay so Again, this is why you really should go to someone from the culture, someone who understands the nuance, and give them your hard-earned money to read your future. Another form of oracle reading that's codified 
through history, kind of. But again, you're going to have changes based on where you grew up and where you, who taught you, I guess. Reading tea leaves or coffee grounds. In my notes, I say it's kind of a gray area, but it's kind of a gray area because it's really one of those things that's passed down generationally. Mm -hmm. You can pick it up and you can... I wish my Nana would have. She knew how to do it, but she got scared one time and we only heard stories about it doing it. I would love to have been taught that. I, my grandmother, I know she read some, but she never read around us. So I, I would have never learned how. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... Certain cultures are going to have very specific lexicons for their tea reading. So make sure you know what your culture or -hmm. your background has. And then proceed, like I said, with all things magical, really just proceed with caution and just be really aware. Mm -hmm. Reading tea leaves or detritus left from your food, I don't, is a, it's also an ancient practice. And there's actually evidence that it was done millennia ago. Like I said, you're... You want to read what the what your neighbor left in their on their food plate at the picnic? <laughs> this is one of those things. Absolutely pick it up if you have a very specified personal lexicon. And what I mean by personal symbol lexicon is your personal dictionary of what symbols and shapes and signs mean. Mm-hmm. And I think really as a pagan practitioner or a witch, we all really quickly develop our own personal lexicons because we're we're paying more attention to the things that are happening around us i i think yeah. in my experience when i talk to other witches yeah um it's kind of amplified lately well a good example is the picture of the moon i just showed you yes the clouds to me look like a witch standing up i don't know why but that's the first thing that came without analyzing it's the first thing that came into my yes mind. and for you that's a symbol of positivity and mm-hmm. Especially with the full moon. Yes. Yes. So, like, when I see a raven or a crow or one pops up or I see something that... Looks like it. Yeah. I know, for me, for my personal lexicon, that's my goddess. Yep. Bumping me on my forehead. If I see a shape of a leaf, that's usually a reminder to go touch grass and be outside for a minute. Or... Grounded. Yeah. Sometimes vehicle shapes mean travel. Sometimes they mean... (laughs) someone's coming to see me yeah but if yeah if a vehicle shape was next to a crow i'd be a little bit worried about an accident because of the goddess i follow so in the last you know in tarot also it's what are your what are you bringing to the table and just be really aware of what your internal symbols mean and what your Mm -hmm. and what your internal biases mean yeah you know Palmistry is another tradition that seems to have a start in many, many different cultures. But again, please proceed with caution because you're going, egg. you're going to find a lot of weird information on the internet because um, it's the internet. And different systems are going to have, different systems are going to be closed. So there is definitely palmistry that happened um, that was very, very popular. Lots of books were written about it in the Victorian era. Um most of those came about questionably, so just yeah, be aware. But I am also pretty comfortable placing body reading, so phrenology, where you're reading the bumps on someone's skull or reading someone's freckles on their face. <laughs> like there's, and those are legit practices. People yeah. do that. Yeah. Oh, um, to me, those aren't going to have quite the same. Like phrenology is completely constructed 
in the Victorian era. Yeah. Or codified in the Victorian era. And it doesn't have, that's an open practice. Use it. Go. Have yeah. fun. So be careful with palmistry. That's all I'm saying. That's all I say with everything. Just, <laughs> just you know, do a little bit of work. Yeah. Please. Numerology. Now, there's going to be a lot of different paths of numerology. Western numerology pulls from a lot of different sources. There is a version of numerology in the Vedic traditions, but that's also very, very closely tied to its, to Vedic astrology, mm-hmm. which is a whole fascinating thing to read about. But again, that's a closed practice. So... But from my reading, you know, um, if you find sort of, you can find open numerology methods, left, right, upside down. Yeah, I, I don't think that, I mean, I'm sure there's, like you said, there's oh, yeah. certain paths, but it's pretty Oh yeah. broad. Yeah, it is very broad. And numerology is the number one of those things. Like, if you really wanted to dedicate your life to creating a system that was personal to you numerology would be amazing for that because i don't know a single solitary witch that doesn't have a strong association with at least three numbers yeah like we all have our numbers that we're just like that's the one yeah three six nine see for me it's three seven seven. twelve is a big one that pops up constantly in my life and i can't I don't care. Uh, I see 11, 11. Every time I look at the clock, it's 11, 11. See, I never get that. And I always like, if people are like, oh, yeah. no, I've never had that happen. Yeah, yeah. To my recollection, because. I would remember Happened that. to me today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is the first time I looked at the clock in hours, and it's 11, 11. I think it never happens to me. Okay. Um, and numerology is a thing that you can really implement into a lot of areas and work your, use it when you're making spells. And it is incredibly interesting. Sometimes it gets a little mathy and I nope all the way out, but, um, cause I do that. Cause eh, I do that. Astrology is another Oracle system, believe it or not. It doesn't just, I mean, you know, anytime you're talking about who you are as a person, it helps shape what you're going to do in the future. Yeah. I'm a Gemini. The things I can guarantee you are I will be two different people at any given moment. And that's just who I am. I can be very focused and very professional. And then other days I can't do anything. (laughs) Astrology. Every culture has a version. Chinese astrology, you kind of know your year. Well, it's much, much, much more complex than just knowing your year that you got off the placemat at the Chinese restaurant. Um, well, it is. And it's yeah, wonderful. It's it's beautifully complex. And it's really rich and wonderful. It's great. But it's not really like I'm a rooster. That's about all I need to know because I'm a, a white lady. Um, Western astrology, so your Western sign, Gemini, you're a Libra, mm-hmm. all of that, totally open. Go for it. Do whatever you need to do. It is very codified. It is very, there are rules, there are, I don't want to say regulations because nobody's like legal, but yeah, no but the, it's, it's, it's very complex. It's very nuanced. Um, the plan is still to have, um, someone I know, someone very dear to me, come on and give us a breakdown, um, when it's 
safe enough for her to do that um, because she can break it down for you like nobody's business. There's, like I said, there's West, the what we know, mm-hmm. Western astrology, Chinese astrology, Vedic astrology. There's several South American cultures have that, have a version I know of at least like off the top of my head to different versions from um, Africa, the continent. I can't remember exactly where I want to say Eastern, but so astrology, go for it. Um, runes. Now runes, we all know, we like, we think we all know, but there's many different types. There's actually the older Farthuk, the, I mean, the elder Farthuk, the younger Farthuk, mm-hmm. the, the, Celtic runes that are completely different. So know which ones you're reading. Like, if you're going to do it, go ahead, go for it. But be sure you know which ones you're reading because you can get a lot of different answers because there's just too many versions. But they're from the Norse tradition and they're just marked, they're beautifully marked stones that are thrown or drawn to help you tell the future. But they also make really, really great meditation aids. One thing I've learned with working with my runes um, is that this particular method really benefits from reading them as a whole, like throwing them onto the table, Mm -hmm. right? However many you choose to throw, some readers use all of them in their, in the pack and, Mm -hmm. and have very laid out effectively rune maps. Yeah. Even if they're just mental rune maps, they're a map where you know if it lands in this sector, it means travel. Yeah. Now, it could mean travel in a dangerous, you know, it, it just, it depends on Literally. that map. And it, that can be very, very personal, reader to reader. But when I say, and that's what, when I say read it as a whole, I mean read all of the things that you've thrown Mm -hmm. and let them tell a a story and let it, that's how I read them. And that's how it's worked best for me. I've tried to do like the one, two, three poll, like you do with tarot. It doesn't work work for you. It misses. I feel like it misses the nuance that the runes can have when they're treated as storytellers. Yeah. And I think that's, um, a little side note is your are you trying to get short simple answers from your oracle work mm-hmm. or are you trying to have it tell you the story that you need to hear yeah and how you and and that may help you decide which route you're gonna go um the lenormand oracle is another one i find really it's very open and it is a lovely system that uses the core idea of a specific set of symbols that will remain the same across the artist. So the art may change, but the symbol itself, it's going to be a fox, it's going to be a clock, it's going to be a coffin, it's going to be blah, 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 whatever they are. Okay. Um, so a little bit similar to tarot in that. Hmm. But the deck works best in sets of three. So you're basically, oh, and this is a, another fun thing that, that kind of blends a lot of things together. They use a standard playing card in addition to whatever the card on whatever the symbol on the card is so for example number card number 14 is the fox but it is also the nine of clubs 
So, and because you're drawing three cards to make it most effective, mm -hmm. you could be lining up all your numbers, 14, 9, 27, 8 of hearts, you know, whatever. Yeah. And using that to add numerology into the mix. Oh. Um, but it, it's allowing for both the symbol of the fox and the numerology. And I really think that this system is ideal for people very, very new to trying to tap into their intuition because it's got nice, good structure, right? But it also lets you draw a set of three, which kind of forces you to tell a story. Yeah. Because that's, um, that's what that deck wants. Yeah. Every deck I've seen of this, t of the Lenormand Oracle has, says it, you're, you're pulling three and you're letting that three be a sentence. The fox and the coffin, you know, you're yeah. letting it tell a story. Yeah. And telling a story very often helps you tap into your intuition. Mm -hmm. Because you're you're not bullet pointing it, you're having to extrapolate. I I really do appreciate that system for for new people and some of the art. Ugh, you'll die. I'm a sucker for the art on a card. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, makes a difference. As I've said I, in the tarot episode, I think uh, you're gonna find as many oracle decks as human beings on the planet. Like mm -hmm. honestly, some of the ones I work with the most are uh, crystal based. Yeah. Honestly, because I like pretty rocks, like using the magical property in stones or mm -hmm. just um, one of my favorite ones that I'm working with right now. And I'm working with it in a very weird way. Um, I'm using the deck. It's called the Crystal Oversoul deck. And I'm using it to connect with characters in this project that I'm doing. Oh, nice. I have sat down for several of the characters. I need to finish that work but I've pulled a card for each of the main characters and said I need a card to represent this character how does this card represent this character and that's where you know the book comes in and a little more research into what that crystal is and like that's how that how helps flesh out but it also when I'm hitting a wall with one of the characters or one of the situations I pull out the card that represents that person and use that as a focus point. As a focus point. Uh, I have that same, I think that's the same deck I have. It is. <laughs> and I picked one of the cards and I told, I think I told you that I was using it to meditate on and there started to be moving shapes on the card. That uh, deck is wild. I'm like, um, Kristen! <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't all the time. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> I've never had that happen with a I, it's deck just, before. If you're using a crystal deck, having the actual stone. Oh, yeah. But it's also, you know, it's decks really nice. decks are a lot cheaper than building a collection of crystals. Yeah. Point blank. I know that. I know, because you keep buying crystals for me, and I'm not sad about it, but also. Yeah, but the, listen, mm -hmm. they were needed. Yeah. If it wasn't one, like, I'm just went and picked, randomly uh, picked stones. To be fair, I just it's bought you one, too. <laughs> it is a mutual addiction. So, but if you're just starting out, and I love to, I, I want witches of every ability, of every financial point. The bottom line is, to be a witch, you don't need anything but yourself. Yeah. Period. But it's nice to have crystals. 
if you're just starting out and you want some of the bells and whistles and you you want to start working with crystals but you're you're broke 20 25 dollars on a crystal deck will actually help you because you're still connecting with that energy Mm -hmm. you're still connecting with that power and you're still able to use that as a focal point in your work you could lay out those cards in a crystal grid just like you see the crystals being laid out in a crystal grid and feel like you can you and you'll still get the benefit you will still get the benefit that's a good point and i just think that that is an incredibly valuable thing for a broke witch And there's no shame in in that. And you don't need them all at once. Just no. go get what calls to you. Yeah. I've worked with a goddess deck a couple of times when I've been like, I don't know who to connect with today. I'm struggling a little bit. Help me connect with a goddess. Mm-hmm. Never failed me. Um, because it always gives me, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I spent money on that deck. <laughs> like I said, I'm using Crystal Oversoul to connect with with characters. I have another deck that I use that is exclusively, it's kind of, I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know that I would call it an Oracle deck, but that's how it was billed. And, Mm. and it was pretty, pretty art. And it's, um, meant to help you break writer's block. Mm. It's, you can find Oracle decks that are affirmations. Like they'll actually be sold as Oracle decks, but at the, at the end of the day, they're an affirmation deck. So you're pulling the affirmation you needed for that day. You know, whatever speaks to you. Yeah. When my mom passed away, I was at Barnes and Noble and it was right after she, like right after she passed away and I was looking at the decks and there was a bird deck and I would have never bought the bird deck, but my mother was all about the birds. Was all about them. <laughs> and so I bought that and I used that to talk to her. I mean, actually, I just talked to her, but sometimes yeah. it helps me connect to her better. Yeah. So really, outside of other codified systems, Yichings, runes, et cetera, et cetera, if you want an Oracle deck, you'll find an Oracle deck that fits your needs for the day. Yeah. Literally for the day. And if you wanted. Yeah, just go. Well, like I used the pendulum to select decks in the past. <gasps> you go to the store and... The pendulum deck... is another oracle. Oh, <laughs> what were you thinking? That's and like my... <laughs> spirit boards, also spirit boards. oracles, Ouija boards, spirit boards, angel boards. And I'm going to put a disclaimer right here, right now. Because we need to do this. Because it's spoopy season. Ouija boards are a tool. We here at Lunar Magic Tea Time recognize that not all tools work for every human. For example, a carpenter isn't going to use the exact same tools as an electrician. There will be overlap, (laughs) but they're not using the same tools. And just like any well-trained carpenter or electrician, you have to know your tool before you start to work. A Ouija board is a tool. Yes. And if you don't know how to use it, yes, you can electrocute yourself. Of course you can. Yes. Remember to close the session just like you have to remember to turn off the electricity before you put your screwdriver in the... Exactly. Exactly. So... Close. So, while I 
as Nancy well knows, am very poor Ouija board because it works for me. I've had great luck using one. But we've also done what amounts to a Ouija session with yes-no post-it notes. Yeah. Okay. It's just a form of communication. It's just a type of oracle. Don't get hung up in the stories. Yeah, I bought that. In fact, I used it yesterday, the day before with Jessica, that the yes, no, maybe, yeah, I don't know, wooden circle. Yes. Yes. That's just a, and it's a, it's a perfect for your pendulum, a pendulum. Nancy is the queen over there of pendulums. Whoever's communicating through me. Yeah, I've always, it's always responded, except the one time it was mad at me. Right, but then it told you, it still responded to tell you it was mad. Yes, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I know many um, people who have gone trinket hunting, and they go and gather old jewelry from, like, Goodwill or St. Benny's or estate sales or whatever, and they make, they cut them apart and make their own... um, like bone throwing sets, except it's not bones. They're throwing trinkets. Yeah, yeah, like kind of like throwing bones, which is one we didn't. I think we covered throwing yeah. bones. Yeah, throwing bones. Um, which is probably a close hoodoo. practice. It's, I wouldn't say it's it's absolutely a close African practice. Based, right? Yes, hoodoo. absolutely. It came over with the diaspora, yeah. so please don't throw bones unless you are a POC, and tr- you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But do you want to? If, if that's what you want to do, make your own set. Yeah. I mean, it's it's go bad. go to Michael's, go to your local bead store, buy shaped beads. Boom, boom, you're done. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's so it. that's oracles. That is oracles. That's a lot of oracles. Yeah, it brought a whole new because my thinking of oracles was very black and white. That it's a deck, and then when I was reading your notes, I'm like. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. It's that's true. Anything I I look at it at oracles as anything that helps you kind of predict the future, but also in the same way that tarot helps you predict the future. So you know, when I'm reading tarot for someone, I'm very oh, I'm not telling them their future. No. I'm telling them mm, based on the past. Yeah, this is the most likely outcome moving forward unless you change you know yeah yeah. exactly yeah and that's the i mean any good psychologist or therapist would sit there and tell you the same things yeah they're just going to get to that answer differently i think yeah yeah and probably more scientifically than me i don't know i haven't seen my therapist for a while (laughs) (laughs) it's been a minute reason for that i have a story to tell you okay Okay, we're gonna go. wait. Okay, a new thing we want to do is maybe um, promote. I guess would be a good word. Yeah, or I think that's a great word. Another thing, our thing of the week, or or thing of the month, or not sponsored, not sponsored. Not, but somebody no, could sponsor us. Sponsor. We don't mind. Yeah. So you know me, squirrel on the internet. Um, <laughs> I found something called ritual planner. Is that how you pronounce it? I've been saying it's it. like ritual. Ritual. Like, ritual. Ri- yeah. Wit- yeah. Witcheral. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's ritual with a W in the front. And it is the coolest planner because I will like maybe do things two days in a row and then not touch it for right? two weeks. 
So this ritual planner has comes with stamps, really nice stamps. Mm, yes. And every day it has, um, well, the beginning it has things to manifest, your birth chart, cheat sheets on tarot cards, and then it goes to a week interpretation. You could do a reading. But by the day, there's three little squares, and I decided going in, um, I would put the stamps for which one I drew, and I was doing energy, focus, and avoid. And then mm-hmm, today, mm-hmm. or um, yeah, today, I switched to past, present, future. Okay. And uh, then I'm, in the book, I'm tracking the day, the cards that I'm using, or the deck. And then in the one, two, three, I would say past, present, future, energy, focus, avoid. But it has really helped me keep on, on path. And it's beautiful. Oh, so it's so gorgeous. And it's so, it's somehow, and I, I don't know what it is about this ritual planner. right to a planner I don't know what it is because I have a daily pull habit and I have a big book that I tend to write it down in Mm -hmm. but this has kept me better on task for me additionally because I can quickly notate boom 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 these are my three cards for the day if I need to write out a bigger more in-depth thing about it then I can switch to my and I do I just I just put down at the bottom where it has a spot for reflections I just put in in that spot check the big book yeah if I if it's something I need to discuss more or if it's something that that the cards pulled out of me that needs to get yeah I don't put it in that but I put it in my big book but I have been more faithfully pulling my cards since I got that planner and you can find this planner for yourself and it will come the basic set is the planner the set of stamps and the set of stamps is clear clear little stamps and it came with a little stamp pad and the Mm -hmm. the little acrylic block um to set the stamps on um the stamps are you have uh the four suits so Mm -hmm. one stamp for each suit and then you have the 22 major arcana um, one stamp for each one of those. Um, I've been just writing when I come up, like today I had the page of pentacles. So I just write at the top, I put stamped my page or stamped pentacles and just wrote page. Um, and it's a lovely set and you can find that to buy for you. Oh, and they also have stickers and they have other things and like they have the decks, like a certain deck, but this, I like this one because it seemed to work with all our decks. Yes. I have not. The other one, you know, the stickers are more where it looks like that particular yeah. deck where this one is just very generic and work with a bunch of things. Yes. And they do have lovely stickers for the Ryder White Coleman Smith deck. Yeah. They were gorgeous. Yeah. Let me tell you, I But don't then stickers, need... I mean, it's cool, but. I have a toddler. What if you call, <laughs> what if you pulled the same card like 18 times? Yeah. And I have a toddler. I, mean, I, not, I don't allow stickers down, in my house. I have a toddler. Is... Yes, they would. They would be all the stickers on one Can page. That's on why one this, face. This choice worked for me, and the artwork on mm-hmm. the color. Just you know, that's my colors. They're called to me. So it's and Cosmo. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely sumptuous, and I, I, we out. both really love it. So you can find it at w r i t u a l p l a n n e r dot com. Yes. And they, like I said, check them out. 
they're amazing. They're not, they, we are not sponsored. We are just no. really excited about We're it. We're going to start promoting things that <laughs> and we think are amazing or just something amazing or and, crazy that happened that week. Yeah. And you can rest assured that if we do get sponsored, we will tell you. We yes. are very transparent, I think you yes. have found in the year and a half of listening to us. And <laughs> on <that> note, <laughs> you. <laughs> You can find us on the internet at www.lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, shoot, TikTok. Where else? Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Not on Twitter. No. Never Twitter. There was another one. Oh, Facebook and a Facebook group, Lunar Magic Tea Time. You can find us on all of your podcast players. Just look up the Lunar Magic Tea Time podcast. And and for once, I actually did update the webpage. <laughs> it might say 12 days of Yule, but we do have our both of our Mavon altars and things that we did. So check that out. And as always, have a magical day.